Hey, welcome to an episode of Happy Hamstrings. This is your host, Julie Brown. I'm trying to be the hostess with the mostest and the yogi with the mosty. It's just a journey. So basically, I'm just learning and I'm hoping that you're along with me for the ride. I'm actually downtown. So today is July the 30th and I have just had a facial and I am about to have yoga therapy with Tina, Yogi Tina, who has been a guest on here, has been helping me with yoga therapy, which it just helps me navigate. Yoga therapy isn't traditional therapy and it just helps you navigate through things. So if you've been following my podcast, you know that we've already gone through the first two limbs of yoga and I devoted five episodes each because the yamas and niyamas are 10 jewels. So today we're going to go into the third of the eight limbs of yoga. And if you don't know what the eight limbs are yoga of yoga are, that is exactly why we're here. Patanjali was the ancient sage of India who wrote these and he was believed to have lived around 200 BC. And I just want to say before we begin that the third limb is asanas and this is the only part of the eight limbs that is a physical practice. So out of all the eight limbs, only one is a physical practice. The rest of it is really a philosophy. And so pretty much everybody begins with and sometimes just sticks to only the poses, which asanas mean poses. The word asana, Sanskrit, literally translates to the word seat. So in some beliefs, it is like finding the seat in which you can do the rest of the eight limbs, which we're not even going to start on those, one of them being concentration, one of them being meditation. So basically, it's finding a balance in any of the poses. It's not about one pose or another. Asana refers to all the poses. And some people believe it's actually just coming into the seat in which you find your eight limbs balance the most. So as a yoga teacher, and as you become more uh, in-depth with your studies, you learn about sthira and sukha, which literally translates into stability and into finding comfort. So no matter what pose you're in, you want to be completely stable, and you also want to be completely balanced in a way that you're at ease. So those two words together, sthira and sukha, it literally means stability and ease. And one of the books I read, I believe it was The Secret Power of Yoga, it talks about these two in a way that was much less confusing. The way they described it in the books that I read was think of a bird flying and think of sthira and sukha as the two wings that lift and balance the bird into the practice. So when you get onto your mat, even if a pose is very difficult for you and maybe your muscles start to shake, you still want to find a place where you are balanced in a way that you're comfortable. So the one of the things they used to say in my training was, you know, the balance between effort and ease. And when we had that class, Shelly asked if somebody could describe that. And I raised my hand. I was like, think it as a personal trainer. I said, well, if you give too much effort, 
in the wrong way, then you can injure yourself. And if you only have too much ease, then you'll never make any progress. And your practice will be for nothing. And she said that was beautifully put. She loved the way I said that. Um, it's just exactly the same for weightlifting to me as it is for yoga when it comes to finding that perfect balance. Because I don't do the powerlifting moves that I'm educated to know how to do. I mean, not frequently. <laughs> because I'm not trying to become like miniature Hulk. <laughs> Hulkamania, even though I know how to Hulk out. <laughs> it's funny, like, I'd have to eat a lot of protein. I need so much protein as it is normally. But just finding the perfect balance, and that applies to your diet too, right? Finding the perfect balance there because if you come to your yoga practice, your asana, and you haven't had enough food, you're not going to put forth any effort because your body needs the food to make energy. Because energy comes from the calories, and exercise is just the body's ability to do work. However, if I've had a big breakfast buffet, and I go to a heated power yoga, there's no way I'm going to give the right amount of effort. I will be too full, and I might even get sick. So it's all about finding the perfect balance of effort and ease, or sukha and stira, the literal translation meaning stability and ease. And this is all text that is very, very old. So some people say that, you know, maybe it just means in this sense, like for the meditation and concentration and the further of the other limbs, because we're only on the third, like making sure that you're doing the poses you need and some people can do yoga without ever actually getting into poses. You may meet someone who really loves and appreciates yoga, and all they do is meditate. They are still a yogi. Just because someone doesn't wake up and do 108 sun salutations like every single morning, that doesn't mean that they're not a yogi. Um, Maybe they just sit in the easy sitting, which translates to sukhasana, where you've got your legs crossed, crisscross applesauce, as we say. Um, maybe they just sit in that pose and they meditate and find contentment and focus on all the other parts, the other parts of the philosophy of yoga. And so when I first started doing the poses uh, and learning the poses, I was a little bit overwhelmed, like, some part of me was like, oh, I'll never get all this. <laughs> There's just, it seemed like just an unlimited, unlimited number of poses. And that's what makes it really beautiful is I'm still learning. I'll take a class and then I'll learn some new name for a pose I already knew. Or I'll learn a new pose still. And I was just showing uh, one of my coworkers some poses yesterday. And I mixed up the name. I'm like, horse, deer, pose, whatever. <laughs> just like changing the names of them now because I get so relaxed into the last pose I was in some part of me wanted to call deer pose horse and I'm like what where did that even come from it's like every animal has its own pose <laughs> so basically don't overthink it if you're new to yoga don't overthink like don't worry too much about what you can and cannot do 
because it's not about that. And I just Googled it. Horse stance actually is um, a martial arts stance, and it kind of looks like it looks like goddess pose. Um, but it says for horse pose, vat vatayanasana is known as flying horse pose or horse face pose. Is basically balancing posture that targets quads, glutes, and inner thigh muscles. So, <laughs> there is a horse pose. See, I just learned something new while I was recording this podcast because yoga is so vast. And I was just telling someone yesterday, if you only buy one yoga book, like if someone's just wanting to focus on the asanas, if you only buy one yoga book for poses... Make It the Yoga Anatomy Book by Leslie Kamenoff. And he actually has a channel on YouTube called Yoga Anatomy. And he has sold just thousands of those books. In fact, he's constantly doing seminars all around to educate people. He's brilliant. So if you look into this book, they have illustrations where they've taken actual people doing yoga. And they highlight the muscles... They've made sketches out of the actual people, and they highlight the muscles that you're targeting with each of the poses. And for example, in crow pose, which is a balancing pose, they've taken pictures of someone through the glass from the lower view so that you can see exactly what muscles you're targeting from the lower view. They put a lot of work into that book, and it shows, and yes, highly recommend So thanks for joining me today. Um, I've got some really, really big, exciting news. I don't know if it's going to be able to wait till the eighth limb is done. I just can't share it yet. Um, I had, uh, I've already talked about this on another episode, but I had an expectation for a phone call and that didn't happen. And so I followed up with some other items. I will say following up is a really good thing if you ever have done customer service. You should know it probably works both ways, right? So I made some phone calls and I followed up with some things and I might have some really exciting news to share with you guys and gals. We'll wait and see because blarg, if I say it now, I will probably jinx it, right? So just keep your fingers crossed if you believe in that. I don't know where that even came from. Um... Where does that superstition come from? Like, is that is that a mudra? Oh, and I have a correction. Speaking of mudras, I took a whole workshop with Letty Alvarez. And I learned something new about mudras. I learned actually a lot of things. But on my podcast, I had said, Why isn't the middle finger a mudra? And it actually is. So we'll do it together right now. This is actually build your inner fire thing. So let's build our inner fire. And why not? Take the middle finger of both hands and extend them and then connect them touching together. Just right in front of your solar plexus or right in front of your belly, right below your heart. And just notice how do you feel when you're pressing the pads together. And if your fingernails are too long, just make an adjustment and move them apart because you don't want your fingernails to be in the way. This is really about the energy. You don't actually have to make contact. But just breathe into that and hold this mudra and see how does it feel. Does it feel different? Do you feel like you're building your inner fire? 
hold it for about 10 slow breaths. Feel free to pause this podcast if you want to do it in silence. And whatever's coming up, just notice how you feel. And thank you so much. Just release that if you're ready. If not, hold your mudra. There are so many mudras. Mudras are just hand gestures. There are so many mudras. And I'm just now learning them. And I don't have the names memorized. I have them written down at home. I'm not at home right now. I'm actually downtown. But I have learned so much, especially from that workshop with Letty. And it was amazing because she recorded it. And she also... She sent us all a recording of what the Mudra workshop was. And then she sent the slides from the PowerPoint. And basically I'm learning where to use them in the poses. Because when you get into a pose, one of the examples she used, which was very relevant for me, Warrior 2, like we practice Warrior 2 all the time. So if you're a yogi and you're listening, you can try this too whenever you're ready. When you're in Warrior 2... Extend both thumbs up like you're giving the like the thumbs up like okay like the A-OK thumbs up. So both hands thumbs up in warrior two and then just breathe deeply into warrior two with your thumbs up in this mudra and notice if you feel any different. There is a lot of measurable energy hertz as it's called. There's measurable energy in our hands. And people who are masters of their own energy, they actually have a higher number when it comes to that measurable energy within the hands. And especially with Tai Chi. And that fascinates me. It's just amazing. Um, Yoga is amazing. The poses help you feel amazing. I did some stretches, like I said, with one of my coworkers that I'm friends with yesterday. And afterwards, you just feel like even after you're sweating a little from doing the stretches... You just feel refreshed and the spinal twists give you fresh oxygen when you release your twist. And it's, it's also very interesting that asanas is the only one that's a physical practice of all these eight limbs and it helps you kind of get more in touch with your true inner self, like the real part of you. And I just watched another video, this really good video about why are yogis, why are yoga teachers crazy? I highly recommend this video. Um, he, I guess, noticed in the Google, uh, you know how Google will show you what people search? <laughs> the little toolbar comes up, like why are, like he put, why are yoga teachers? And some of the things that came up is why are yoga teachers fat? Why are yoga teachers so skinny? Why are yoga teachers crazy? If you watch this video, he kind of answers that for you because we're all just working on being our best selves and we're all just human. And sometimes the parts of our lives that drive us to become a yoga teacher are not necessarily positive aspects. Sometimes it's just that we're so driven to become masters of our own positivity that maybe it feels like we rode the crazy train in. And I found myself being a little bit um, throat chakra open (laughs) when I talked to um, the people who took over my mortgage loan, being completely careless with what they've done to probably not just me, but
but I've told them if you look online, it shows that you guys are making this a universal experience. And the woman said to me yesterday, she said, have you ever seen the movie? She didn't say the name of the movie. A movie where everybody was negative and then everybody else was negative. And I said, oh yeah, I've seen movies like that. I said, and I'm a yoga teacher. I'm not trying to be negative. And I know it's not you personally. I'm just sharing my experience with your company and exactly how much stress that you've caused me. So another thing that happens with yoga is you become a lot more vocal and then you're like, Basically, I spoke my mind, and I'm not sorry. Like, I'm not, like, happy if it makes you unhappy. But I guess the bigger picture is that with our with our, chakra, with our chakras in line, I would rather speak my mind knowing that life is short, and I don't want to have any regrets. Like, I wish I would have told this person that, or I wish I would have said that. There's none of that left if you start to actually become vocal and you open your throat chakra and you speak your true truth. I don't mean like just saying what people want to hear, but your true, true truth. <laughs> speak it. Now make sure that you follow all the guidelines. Remember nonviolence. This is the very first one. And then follow all the other of the ten jewels of the yamas and niyamas. And then you notice that the asanas, the poses, the work, like the sweaty work, everybody thinks of yoga. They just think of the yoga, the poses. That comes after all of the things that I've covered in the other 10 episodes, which I only touched on very briefly, by the way. There's entire books just written all about this philosophy and all of the stories that back it up help me to understand myself a lot more like deeply. And it's better to just step back, be your own witness, and stop judging yourself. And maybe when you go to a yoga class, it seems so very difficult because everyone around you seems to be knowing what to expect. Maybe they came to class and they know what's next. They literally know what the teacher's going to do next because they do a similar routine. And maybe it makes you feel like, wow, this is like, I'm new and this is awkward. That's kind of how, like when I first started doing the, the Baptiste flow with the Baptiste studio, uh, the Baptiste inspired studio, I was just like feeling like I'm the odd man out. I don't know what's coming up. Everybody in here knows this flow is 80 degrees. It was very hot. Like it was extremely hot. And, um, yeah, I can understand the experience can be really hard especially for new people. But just remember that if you go to yoga or you have attended yoga and the experience wasn't magical, it's not yoga. It's just that you haven't found your teacher yet. And I've often said to people like, maybe I'm not your teacher. Like if you didn't like my class, don't quit yoga. Just go to another teacher <laughs> because every single teacher is different. Or maybe you just caught me on a bad day where I didn't bother to cancel class like it took a lot over the years for me to cancel class and now I'm much more willing and free I feel free to do it in the beginning I felt very devoted to my schedule like I would only cancel class like if someone is about to pass away or I canceled class one time because someone broke into my house and stole all my stuff and then I was even still considering going to Trilogy because I had the key, you know, it's not like there was other people at the desk. 
um, I was still considering going and that's just too much. Like I shouldn't have even considered it. Uh, not saying I should be inconsiderate of the practitioners, but there has to be times where you put yourself first. And that's one of those instances where if you do step up to the role of a teacher, you have to know when to back off because I can't go in all stressed out with all my stuff and then expect everybody to walk away happy. I have to find the balance. Now, I think it's been really hard for yoga teachers lately because obviously a lot of studios went out of business and obviously everybody just wants to practice on Zoom and stay at home. I did get vaccinated for many reasons. I feel like it's part of my responsibility as a health fitness professional uh, to get vaccinated. Uh, I had a bad experience as a kid being vaccinated. So, you know, to voluntarily go and get a vaccine that was maybe a little bit like activating for me at first just to consider going to get shots because I don't like shots. I don't like needles and I don't like new things, things that are new. Um, like if someone tells me, hey, we're going to give you this for your sinuses, but it's a brand new, like it's a brand new sinus pill. I would never want to take that. I'm like, let me just wait. <laughs> That's maybe weird. <laughs> that maybe sounds strange, but I'm like, even though they went through trials uh, before it was released to the public, I'm like the kind of person that's like, maybe I'll just wait because I don't like to take medications and I definitely didn't like the idea of getting an injection and it didn't hurt. If you haven't had the vaccine, I would like to remind you, it doesn't hurt and I actually had no reaction and some people on my social media had posted up their reaction like I think it was called COVID arm and that did make me delay it. I don't think that was their intention because when I spoke to them in person, it was like their intention to say, hey, look, this is what happens and it's no big deal. But it looked to me like a big deal um, because I didn't want my arm to swell up and turn all big and red and it didn't. And when I asked questions when I got the shot, the, the woman who gave it to me said, you know, usually that doesn't happen. So I'm going to go to Dancing Dogs on Wednesday, which is where I did my 200 hours. It got interrupted by pandemic. They are now requiring, if you go practice asana poses and do yoga with Dancing Dogs, they now require you to show your vaccine card upon arrival. So me and Yogi Becky, Yogi Becky's been on the show a few times. Yogi Becky and I, we're going to go and we're going to do yin. Becky says she's in for the yin, in for yin. So... I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I'll let you all know how that went. I'm, like I said, I'm super excited to get back into that studio. And when they announced that they require vaccines, I was like, hey, I've already done that. I'm good to go. So that was some good news for me that I'd already handled it because I didn't want to go be a vendor at Noble Festival with just thousands of people around me and not be vaccinated. That felt like that would have been irresponsible. So enough about the vaccines, because I'm sure you all heard enough about all of that. I mean, everybody's sick of hearing about pandemic and vaccines. We're over it. Just get the shot. <laughs> it doesn't hurt is what I'm saying. Um, also, someone was being very controversial and saying controversial things. 
And I thought, well, why don't I invite them on to the podcast just to sort of bounce ideas back and forth? And I noticed that person, I won't say name, is just way too busy getting famous by being controversial to even answer or read messages um, requesting that they come talk about it because they're just being featured on TV and um, obviously they're going to lose their medical license. So whatever to that. <laughs> like if you, if you can't, if you're just too busy being famous from it and you can't discuss things, it's going to be really hard for me to believe that you're not just saying things just to try to get fame. Like it sounds like somebody's just trying to be controversial about it to get fame. So whatever, there's that too. So the next, um, the next of the eight limbs is slightly physical, but it's something that happens naturally. It's just working on breath control. So the fourth, the fourth of the eight limbs, pranayama. Pranayama means breath control or translation literally into life force extension. Now, let me explain before we start tomorrow's episode. I don't know why I said tomorrow. I might do it later today or another day. We're not going to we're not going to be married to a day with that. But the fourth of the eight limbs, pranayama, the reason it's so important is before we even knew about how the vagus nerve worked, they knew that if you could control your breath, you could control your emotions and your mind. And that's before all the science came out about the vagus nerve. And also ancient yogis, they did believe that when you're born, you had an assigned number of breaths to your life. Like you're given a certain number of breath. And there's actually people doing research right now in the science field of heart medicine that's trying to figure out on an average how many heartbeats do we average? How many do we get per lifetime on an average? Which is very um, subjective. I don't even I don't even know another word like is there another word that's even more like far out than subjective because how many heartbeats and breaths do you get per life and they're trying to average out heartbeats but the ancient yogis believed that since you were they believed that you're born with a certain number of breaths they believed that you could extend your life to a much longer lifespan if you took slower breaths so think about that if you slow down your breath, you do control your mind. You do control your thoughts a little better. You control what's happening with your emotions. Your body slows down. Your blood pressure slows down. But they weren't concerned with like... The ancient yogis weren't like, oh, my blood pressure. <laughs> they literally were slowing their breath down to try to extend their life. So that is why pranayama translates into life force ex extension. Um, it actually makes you feel rejuvenated when you practice the breathing techniques. This is another reason why I say that you may meet someone who's all into the eight limbs of yoga, but they don't make time for asana practice because they're busy. They just do maybe the other of the eight limbs, and they just have a fondness for yoga. And I hope that all that I'm teaching you, um, I hope that what's helped me has helped you, and I'm trying to limit the podcast so that they're not so long and drawn out like a long workshop 
so that you can keep your interest, keep your focus, and just learn the most important parts, because I'm definitely only highlighting uh, the things that I've learned. There is no way I could come on here and do an episode where I name off all the poses I know and talk you through that. That would probably be almost impossible. And I don't have that kind of time, and you probably don't have that kind of time. So just subscribe to my YouTube. Uh, you can find all the links to my socials on the About page at Yogi Jules. That's Y-O-G-I-J-U-L-Z.com. And there's all the links there for me. And in fact, you'll find links to other pages that may motivate you. And you can watch replays of where I teach at the college. You can find the Exercise Rx, the exrx.net. I've got all kinds of links to things to motivate you. And that's really the key to being healthy is finding out what motivates you the most. Because there's no way I can know what you're thinking or what drives you. So just find it and be it and then do it. Whatever your life force motivates you to do. Be happy, be well, be free. Take some time for yourself today. Namaste. Thanks a lot for listening. I really appreciate you.